It's, um, it's a little bit of a conundrum because uh, what's the name for the guys? Back row Baptists, or is that what they call them? But normally the back row Baptists are the Sunday morning only crowd, right? So it's kind of interesting. You got the Wednesday night crowd in the back row. It doesn't doesn't really make sense, but <laughs> it's good to see everyone here this evening. Um, actually, that that song uh, service was perfect. Kind of went right along with what one to talk about here this evening. Um, you know, it's coming up to you know a certain time of year. Falls here, leaves are changing, um, and you know this time of year, start thinking towards Thanksgiving. And obviously with, uh, with Thanksgiving, you know, you have that idea of thanks. So I, I've been kind of thinking along those lines here recently. Um, so I'm going to be talking along those lines, but slightly different. To start off, can we turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6? 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this evening, I'd just like to briefly take a look at the idea of contentedness. Contentedness. How to, how to be content. Because this thing, you know, along the line of thankfulness, and I think contentedness and thankfulness, maybe there, there are two sides of the same coin. I'm starting to think, okay, how can, how can I be thankful? How can I be truly thankful in my life? How can I have true gratitude? Um, because it's, it's an important thing. You know, as Christians... Christians are called, they're commanded to be thankful people, right? To be grateful people. Um, you look at the, the, the children of Israel. When I think of the, ch- the children of Israel, you, know, one of, you think of one of the great sins they committed as you know, they, were, they were wandering around in the wilderness. Um, over and over again, they, they, they showed ingratitude. They showed a, a lack of thankfulness, with, which really at its root is, is unbelief. It's unbelief. So I was thinking, okay, so as Christians, we ought to be displaying thankfulness, gratitude, and as I was, I was thinking about it, I think right down at the root of gratitude, you have contentedness. You know, we as Christians, we are called to be content. So let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Just simply says here, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Just think about that. It's a pretty simple statement. You know, and it's so true. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of time here on this earth. You know, think of in light of eternity. Um, yesterday, I think it was, maybe say, I think it was yesterday um, on, our, on our family tech stream. Um, as you know, my, my parents are, are vacationing. Um, they're kind of staying in this beach house. My mom, my mom loves water. Um, so she, she took a picture of this one beach house, and it was like, it was like some shade of pink. Um, and she's like, you know, when I get to heaven, I want my house to look like this. So we kind of got into, into you know, time, okay, man, in heaven, man, I, it would be really cool if I had a house to look like this or a house to look like this, you know. Um, you know, you think of the time we're going to spend all of eternity in heaven with Christ. But we have this time here, right? And, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, this is life. Um, and, that, and eternity is just kind of a far-off idea. But, you know, in light of eternity, this, this time here, it's, it's a really short time. Um, and sometimes it's easy to think, well, you know, you have this time here, 
and then all in heaven, you know, everything's gonna be perfect. You know, God's gonna wipe away our, our tears, which is all true. Um, you know, we're just gonna kind of suffer down here. And then we get to heaven, everything's gonna be perfect. Um, but the fact is, is that we as Christians, we have everything we need to live life here with contentment. Um, um, lives that, that are filled with contentment and gratitude. We have everything we need. And it says here, godliness with contentment is great gain. And how terrible is it, you know, if we live this life, this, this short, brief time that we have on this earth, you know, miserable as Christians. How, how terrible is that? Um, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, and as I was saying, you know, I think thankfulness and contentness, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. And that would be as opposed to ingratitude and disgruntledness. Ingratitude and disgruntledness. You know, I think those two things, they kind of are our natural state. Um, you know, humans, it's, it's so easy for us to, to complain. Um, I, I quite enjoy it, to be honest. Um, at work, I made a special place in one corner on Monday mornings I go to, and it's called the Grumpy Corner. If you, um, you go in there early Monday morning, the last thing you want is for someone to be singing, you know, loudly Monday morning at work. It's like, okay, dude, I'm in my Grumpy Corner. No one else come here. If you're going to be here, you've got to work in silence, right? And, uh, you know, I really enjoy complain, um, complaining. I enjoy being grumpy. I think it's just kind of running. Um, you know, whenever something's going on, if we don't see something we like, you always got that certain group of people. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening or what's going on. They're going to find something to complain about. They're going to find something to be miserable about. And it seems like some people, and I think all of us at certain times, you know, we get into certain moods where, um, we're the most happy when we're miserable. We're the most happy when we're miserable. Um, you know, and it's kind of it's a funny thing, but that really shouldn't be us as Christians. Um, we ought to be a, a thankful and contented people, but, but it's, not, it's not a natural thing. You know, in our flesh, I think ingratitude and disgruntledness are the natural thing. So as, as we think of our lives, you know, right now, right now in your life, are you contented? Are you contented? Are, are you thankful? Are you a thankful person? Are you a content person? Um, and kind of as I was thinking along these lines, you know, there's this, there's this thing called the next thing syndrome. Next thing syndrome. And I think, I think all small kids have this. Um, I remember as a kid, you know, my life kind of revolved around the next big thing. I think we talked about, talk about this before. Okay, you know, maybe, maybe it's my birthday. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe it's summer vacation. Maybe it's, you know, going to, a, to Knoebels, the theme park we go to every year. You know, maybe it's Thanksgiving. Whatever it might be, you're just always thinking, okay, man, I'm just really looking forward to this next big thing in my life. And once, once that happens, once I'm in the middle of that, man, then I'll be happy. But until then, you know, we're going to kind of bump along here. I think it's easy for all of us to have next thing syndrome. Um, you know, maybe I'd be, okay, once, once, I, once I have a certain amount of money, once I'm financially secure, you know, then, then I'll be content with life. Or, you know, maybe, maybe once I, you know, finally get rid of this beater and I get a decent car, you know, then, then I'll be content with my life. Or maybe, you know, once I get this certain job, making a certain amount of money, well, then I'll be content with my life. Or, you know, maybe for some of us, 
you know, once I get married, then I'll be content with my life. Um, you know, and it's easy for all of us to fall into to next thing syndrome. You know, okay, man, once, once this happens, well, you know, then, then I'll be content. But, you know, until then, you know, life's a little rough. But, man, once, once I get there, then I can be content. But, again, that, that shouldn't be life because, as, as we all know, the grass is always green and there's never enough things. You know, it's always going to be something else. It's always going to be something new. Um, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. So we're going to look at Paul here. It's a well-known set of verses. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to go to verses 10 through 13. It says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, this is Paul speaking here, obviously, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherewith ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, Therewith to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You know, as, as I was reading this passage a little while, this passage a little while ago, that, that phrase at the end of verse 11 really struck me. Or that whole verse. Not that I speak from respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Um, and if you, if you look back at 2 Corinthians 11.23, we can, we can see some of the different states that Paul had been in. You know, think of the Apostle Paul. Say, yeah, man, if I was the Apostle Paul, I'd be content too. You know, a world traveler, you know, missionary, traveling around, seeing the world, friends with all kinds of people, respected scholar Paul. Well, if you look in 2 Corinthians 11.23, we're not going to go there, but you look at some of the things Paul went through. You know, you know shipwrecked you know, multiple times, literally stoned to death, um, thrown out of cities, you know, it said there's times where he's hungry, where he's tired, where he was sick, you know, all these things. You know, Paul's life was a little rough at times. He went through some, some pretty crazy things. You know, think of being thrown into jail, him and Silas there, you know, whipped. Not exactly a happy time. But Paul said here, Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever stead I am therewith to be content. That's, that's an incredible statement. That's an incredible statement. Um, you know, to go back to this illustration, um, I was talking to some people recently, um, you know, I have a group of friends from college, and, uh, you know, the topic of marriage often comes up, for obvious reasons, um, and, you know, some, some of them are really saying, man, I just really feel like I'm stuck in my life, you know, I'm kind of in a place where, I feel like God wants me, you know, to be doing this, and this is what I study to do, but I'm not married, so I feel like I'm stuck, you know, and, and I just really, you know, want this thing of marriage. You got to think about this, it's like, man, well, what do you say to someone like that? Um, you know, there's kind of the old cliche, well, you know, um, you just got to learn to be happy in where you're at, because, you know, you can do things, you know, married people can't do, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's true enough, but it's like, man, what, what, can, what can I really say to these people? And then I got thinking about it, you know, if we can't, if we can't, if I, if someone else can't be learned to be content, you know, where they're at, you know, what's to say getting the thing that we really want 
like marriage. You know, what's to say that when that happens, that all of a sudden then they're going to be content? Because it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Getting what you want, getting what you want won't fix your problems. Your problem is, is that you're not content. And your problem is that you're not grateful for what you do have. Um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. I'm going to look at a couple of verses here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Mm. Hebrews eleven thirteen. 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. All right, let's look at Romans 8.28. Romans All right, well-known verse, you probably all quote this verse, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So what is God's promise in this verse? What is God's promise? God's promise is, is that in any situation we are in, any situation, that he has the power to use that situation for good in our lives. That's what that verse is saying. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all, we all really have very little control over our lives. Um, you know, think back to, to kind of next thing syndrome. You think, of, okay, well, if I just get to this place in my life and this, this, and this are all in the right place and this is happening and this relationship is taken care of, well, if I get to this place, I'll be content. Um, you know, as, and as much as, as much as we try to get all our ducks in a row, you know, for this, this situation to be taken care of, at the end of the day, we, we, we really have very, very little control over our lives. Um, you know, I was thinking of this last weekend. You know, um, Lauren was going to be up for the weekend. I had all these things planned out I was going to do. You know, I was going to have a, you know, I was going to be a great host or whatever. We're gonna, I had all these things lined up, right? I was pretty proud of myself. Okay, we're going to have a great day on Saturday. And then what happened? Well, it poured rain all day. I had absolutely no control over that, right? All, all my plans went totally out the window. I had everything lined up as much as I could possibly have them, but yet it rains, right? It's just, it's just a simple illustration. We have no control over the weather. Um, things like sickness. You know, maybe, maybe there's been times in your life where you had things planned out, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then all of a sudden, boom, out of the blue, you just got sick. You know, you have, you have very little control over that. Maybe you got hurt. Um, you know, <laughs> I had, great, I had great plans for the summer, and then I shot a three-inch nail into my knee, you know? Um, I got hurt. I hurt myself. You know, nothing, nothing I can do about that. And it's just, it's just incredible when you think about it, just how little control we actually have over our lives. But that's where faith comes in. And that's where this verse comes in and really makes sense. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Because you know, we, we have little control of our eyes, like, like I said, and, and bad things happen. 
you know, just, just as a result of, you know, just, just life happening, as a result of, you know, maybe other people with ill intent towards you, maybe it's just, you know, whatever it might be. You know, bad things happen to good people. We, we, don't have, we don't have control over those things. But yet God's promise is, is that whatever happens, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, circumstances we can't control. Uh, maybe it's, it's someone else who with ill intent towards us, whatever it might be, good situations, bad situations, it doesn't matter. God promises that he can take any circumstance, any situation that we're in, and that he can use it for our good. I mean, just think, of, just think about how incredible that is. And just think about how freeing that is. I don't, I don't have to try to grab my life and take control of it and shape it and twist it into a shape. Okay, if I can get my life to look like this, then I'll be content. I can, I can in a sense, you know, take, take my hands off my life. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean, you know, throw caution in the wind and be irresponsible. I think we all know what we're talking about here. But in a sense, can, I can take my hands off my life and I say, God, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't, the circumstances I would have picked for me to be in right now. But I'm going to have faith that you know where I am, you're with me here, and that you can use these circumstances for my good, and you promise you are going to do that. Um, again, that's, that's where faith comes in. Trust in the goodness and greatness of God, who promises to take any circumstances that we're in, and to use it for good. You know, think of, think of the illustration, as a thing about this, I thought of the illustration of Joseph. Man, Joseph had a pretty rough life. Right? And you look at a, at a man who, who seemed to have great faith in God and demonstrated that faith in some, in some pretty crazy circumstances, right? The whole thing with, with Pharaoh, I mean, with, um, with Potiphar, and just how he served Potiphar faithfully, and the whole thing with his wife, got thrown in the prison, he was faithful in prison, that whole deal. And then one day, and even before that, you know, being sold into slavery. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty brutal thing to begin with. Um, but then he ends up in Potiphar's house. We know how the whole thing ends up, right? He ends up being the instrument that saved not only Egypt, but in a roundabout way, his family and, and who knows how many people, right? And his brothers come to him, and they recognize him, and they, and they fall down before him, and, and they're, they're basically apologizing. They fear for their lives. I mean, think about it. They, they sold this guy into slavery. And now he's, you know basically the second most powerful person in the world. He can do whatever he wants to them. But remember what Joseph said. He says, you, you meant it to me for evil, but God meant it to me for good. So even in a situation where, you know, God didn't, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't make bad people do bad things, right? People do bad things. But even, even in a situation like that, where, where bad people did some bad things to a good person, Right? But even, even in that situation, God had it all under control. And you think, and you think about, I mean, just think about how, how wild that is, that Joseph, because he was sold, because he was faithful in Potiphar's house, because he was in prison, just how all that maneuvered to put him next to Pharaoh in a time where he could do amazing good, and he can end up saving his family, right? which, which extended... Um, the line of Abraham, which, you know, led to everything else we have in the Bible. Just because Joseph was content, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, we can see Joseph was content in the different situations that God had put him in. And because of that, God used him in an incredible way. And even when people meant it for bad, God meant it for good. God meant it for good. Um, let's look at Matthew 6.33. 
This kind of sums this up here. Matthew 6.33. It's, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Actually, why don't, why don't we go back a little bit? Because this whole, this whole passage is, is talking about this. Let's, look at, let's start at verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than, and body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature. Again, we don't control over anything, really. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not uh, much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or where shall we be closed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. See, that's, that's the mindset. That's the mindset. Seek first the things of God. And God promises, look, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And we've heard all these illustrations before. You know, God takes care of the animals. You know, and how much more is he going to take care of us? You know, the, 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 the crowning point of his creation. You know, we who have a relationship with him. God, the, we who he calls his children. Of course he's going to take care of us. So our mindset needs to be, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek wholeheartedly after God. Um, I'm going to be content in whatever, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. I know I can be content in those circumstances. And maybe there wouldn't have been the circumstances I picked. But God knows. And God can use whatever circumstances, all circumstances, not only for my good, but for the good of other people as well. When I'm content and, what, and where God has me. You know, and I think there's a difference too, um, maybe in, 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 faith, in faith versus expectation. Because, you know, we can live our life, you know, living, living your life with, with expectations can be, it can be a pretty miserable thing. Because when you think, okay, well, I'm going to, if I have a lot of faith, right, then, then God's going to give me X, Y, and Z. Well, no. No, that's, that's not what God promised. God promised if you have faith in Him, He's going to use your circumstances to bring good into your life. And he promises that whatever circumstances he gives you, that you can be content in those. Um, so don't, don't live your life in, in expectation, okay, I'm, 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 I'm a good Christian, you know, I'm, I'm doing the things I need to do, I have lots of faith, therefore my life will look like this. No. That's not what God promises. God promises to bring us contentedness in any circumstances. And also, you know, there's kind of a, uh, a difference between contentedness and happiness. Contentedness and happiness. Um, you know, 
we don't always have to be, I think you understand what I mean here. You don't always have to be, to be happy in your life. You know, life isn't always going to be happiness. You know, Song of Solomon talks about, you know, there's, there's a time to, um, there's a time to mourn and there's a time to rejoice, right? There's kind of different seasons in our lives. I think we understand that. But even in different trials, when different trials are going on in our lives, we still can be content in those things, knowing that God is working. And not only God is working, but that God is working for our good. Always for our good. Be content. Take the next step in front of you in faith. You know, sometimes that's all we can do. You know, because again, we, we have such little control over our lives. You can kind of think, okay, you know, in, in five years, or even, you know, one year, I, I like to be in this place in my life. I'd like to have this done. I'd like to be here, et cetera, et cetera, right? And it's, and it's good to plan. It's good to have plans. You know, it's not a bad thing. But some, really all you can do is just take the next step of faith that God shows you. Um, trusting that he's with you, trusting that he's working, and trusting that he's good. And just enjoying, enjoying that process, you know? Enjoying the place you're in, enjoying the step that God's having you take. Because again, it's, it's a mindset. Situations change, but God doesn't. Situations change, but God doesn't change. You know, I think, I think when we find a place of, of contentment in our lives, that's what leads to true gratitude. Because um, when we're seeking after God, when we're seeking after his righteousness, which is righteousness literally means the right thing, we're seeking to do the right thing that God ha- wants us to do, right? And we're recognizing the steps that he has in our life, we're taking those in faith. I think that, that brings true contentment because we know, okay, this is, this is right where God wants me to be. Um, he's with me. He's working all things. He promises he's working all these things for my good. And, and as you have that mindset, I think, I think we start to recognize really how much God really is working in our lives. Um, I think sometimes we get, we get so focused on, on trying to control our own lives that we don't, we don't even recognize how much God really is doing. Um, how many you know, pieces he's putting together and, and how many people you know, he's... I mean, it's just... I think someday when we get to heaven and maybe God... We, we kind of get insight in everything God's doing and our mind's going to be blown just how much God was really working or sometimes trying to work, and I think we, we work against him in our lives. So have, have faith in him. Be, be content in the situation you're in. Let, let God work. Recognize that God is working, and I think that's what brings true gratitude in our lives. So are you content? Are you content this evening? You know, it's not, it's not always easy, you know, Sometimes life can be difficult, and I'm sure, you know, some of you and some of you are, or most of you probably are, are in much more difficult circumstances than I am. But still, all of us equally have the promise of wherever we're at, whatever's going on in our lives, that we be, can be content. And you know, <clears throat> I guess the kind of the the point, the the thrust here this evening is, you know, we. Hope we all can walk out of here with the mindset of, of faith and knowing that God is working no matter what our circumstances are, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter who's against us, you know, it doesn't matter. God is for us. God is good. God is working. And we can be content in that.
Let's pray.